1: Hello and welcome to the Newsmax Daily for Wednesday, January 3rd, 2024. Man, I still can't believe it's 2024. 2023 like just flew by. This is the first of five Wednesdays this month. And I guess it's not technically hump day since the work week started yesterday for the most part, right? I mean, for most people. January 3rd is International Mind Body Wellness Day, which helps keep up with the theme of many New Year's resolutions, right? Today's all about recommitting to the health and well-being of your body and your mind, your mental health. Personally, I don't do New Year's resolutions anymore. I mean, you eventually get to the point where you realize that you need to do those things basically every day. Be a better person, eat healthy, exercise, make more money, whatever it is, you pretty much need to do it every day. And what about dry January? Are you doing that? You know, where you give up liquor for the month of January? Personally, I'm not doing that either, but I'm not knocking it. I mean, that could be a good thing, obviously. If you're still on holiday, by the way, or you have some travel plans this weekend, forecasters say a major winter storm is brewing and it may bring snow, heavy snow and rain and havoc to the East Coast by Friday and over the weekend. We will keep an eye on that as we inch up on the weekend. Overseas today, tensions are on the rise across the Middle East, especially after Israel killed a well-documented Hamas leader in Beirut yesterday. They've taken out several of the top commanders from the terror group, but this was like the guy. Here's more from Newsmax's Bianca De La Garza and international correspondent Sarah Williamson.
2: We want to go out now live to the ground. Sarah Williamson is live for us in Ashkelon with more on the reports. A top Hamas official, Saleh Arouri, has been killed in an explosion south of Beirut. Sarah, what are you hearing there from the ground?
3: Yeah, uh, Bianca, this is this is a huge development in the war here between Israel and Hamas. Saleh Arouri is the deputy head of Hamas's political bureau, meaning that he is the vice of Ismail Hania, who is the, the chairman of the political bureau. And this means that the war is going to escalate, probably into the north. I just was actually having a conversation uh, with Sarit Zahavi. She is a uh, Lieutenant Colonel in the IDF and she runs Elmer Institute, who monitors Hezbollah. Um, and she actually just canceled an interview with me saying, we cannot speak now, Sarah, because of the developments that is happening in Lebanon. This is a imminent threat that is happening right now. She is concerned that the war is going to extend past uh, and and have another front now with Lebanon. That's how big of a deal that this actually is, this assassination. Um, Hamas has confirmed that it was a Ruri, by the way, and says that, um, and no Israeli official has, except for Danny Danon. He's a Knesset member. We speak to him often on Newsmax. He has tweeted uh, congratulating uh, Israel's uh, forces for coming through with this assassination in Beirut. Um, He was... Look, this man was, was 57 years old. He was very high up. He was a concern. He was always a threat to Israel and the security of Israel and uh, actually had a, a house in the West Bank, uh, which was recently actually demolished by a terrorist attack uh, against Israel, which resulted in his house being demolished. And uh, now we know that he has been killed, not just in a normal area of Beirut, but this area, this specific area of Beirut, was a Hamas stronghold. There is plenty of Palestinians living in this area who are loyal to Hamas, who are working for Hamas. So by taking out him, this is incredibly symbolic. This means that Israel is prepared to extend their war to the north, not just the south here.
1: That's Newsmax correspondent Sarah Williamson in Israel. So this is a major deal and could bring Hezbollah, another terrorist organization, more into the conflict with Israel, which is now on even higher alert than they've already been. Hezbollah, like Hamas, is also backed by Iran. Bianca de la Garza also spoke with Israel's former prime minister, Neftali Bennett, who says the United States and Israel have to step up and stop Iran.
2: You know, we've heard from France, UK, Germany, all sounding the alarm here. Uh, we know uh, that, uh, pri- uh, prime, former prime minister, that the Biden administration, though, has released billions of dollars to Iran. Uh, and this JCPOA deal is still out there as far as, you know, appeasing Iran. Specifically speak to what you would like to see the Biden administration do when you hear reports of this and Iran getting so much closer to possibly being able to produce a nuclear weapon.
4: Well, let's uh put it very clearly. If America uh, does not stop Iran from acquiring a nuclear weapon, there's high chances that America will meet that nuclear weapon on a nuclear 9-11. It could be in New York, in Washington, or anywhere in America, or anywhere in the West, for that matter. Uh, Iran being the leading exporter of terror in the world, uh, if it acquires a nuclear weapons, Uh, That's an unmitigated disaster. They've proven that they're willing to kill uh, innocent people anywhere, and uh, we just have to stop them. Uh, America plays a a huge role here. And uh, yes, I do think that uh, America needs to uh, place a credible military threat. Otherwise, Iran just won't stop.
2: I have about 30 seconds, Mr. Bennett. There is a report that there is a delegation in Cairo today uh, still talks, possibly still hope for the hostages being held. Are you hearing any intelligence on that? What can you share with us us on that front? As we know, so many families are still praying that they see their loved ones alive and reunited.
4: Yeah, there's uh, about 130 uh, Israeli citizens uh, being held hostage by these monsters. And we know that the most despicable things are going on. Uh, We know uh, there are talks uh, going on, but the only way to make it happen is for us to assert more pressure and hit Hamas uh, harder, uh, and that ultimately will bring the result.
1: Former Israeli Prime Minister Neftali Bennett on Newsline with Bianca De La Garza. That's weekdays at noon Eastern on Newsmax. Check it out. Let's not forget, several of the 100-plus hostages that he mentioned are Americans. What are we doing? What have you heard about it? Let's see what President Biden is doing today. Let me check the White House calendar. Oh, he must be working the phones again. Let's see. 2 o'clock, President receives the daily briefing. 2 o'clock? Isn't that usually like 8 or 9 a.m.? Then Corinne, Jean-Pierre, and John Kirby hold a press briefing, and that's it. Well, he just got back from vacation yesterday, so he does need to rest. Former President Donald Trump on Tuesday officially appealed the ruling by Maine Secretary of State that was barring him or is barring him from the state's primary ballot. A topic of discussion on last
5: night's balance
1: with Eric Bowling.
5: Here now to explain why voters should decide who wins the election, not a Secretary of State, is South Dakota Governor Our good friend Christy Noem is back. Thank you, Governor, for joining us. Can I ask, do you work with the secretary of your state and tell us how these secretary of states out of nowhere can unilaterally pull pull someone they don't like or don't agree with off a ballot?
0: Yeah, well, I believe the action she took was unconstitutional and that'll be rectified in the future. But in South Dakota, certainly we work with our secretary of state all the time. Uh, They're elected statewide, uh, nominated by their party through their conventions that they have each year and then have a runoff on a statewide ballot and get elected to a whole separate office from my office and the executive branch. And we work very closely with our secretary of state. What they do matters. Uh, They do a lot of business filings, uh, a lot of second amendment right filings and permitting. They also run our elections and the integrity of our elections. Although we have the opportunity to bring bills and legislators have opportunities to bring bills that change election laws. For instance, one of the bills that I championed just uh, during our last legislative session was to ban uh, private dollars from influencing our elections. Uh, We made sure that there wouldn't be a Zuck Bucks type of situation in South Dakota, and I championed that and got that done. And now I expect our secretary of state will follow that election law. So, you know, the people have a chance to weigh in here and to really share their opinions about the facts that they're the ones who elect the president, not the secretary of state in a little state called Maine, where things certainly aren't going very well for them or the people that live there
5: anyways. Yeah. Governor, is it my imagination or is it just in getting crazy time out there? You have Colorado. The Supreme Court in Colorado said that they were going to pull Trump off the ballot. That will likely go to the U.S. Supreme Court. But the Colorado secretary of state is a lady named Jenna Griswold, also a Democrat. She was praising this Shena Bellows from Maine recently. Listen.
0: I don't believe there should be some loophole in the Constitution that puts only Donald Trump above the law and Constitution when he incites rebellion uh, or incites an insurrection. Uh, The the other thing I would say is I I do think Secretary Bellows is brave and courageous. She is the first individual by herself having to make this decision. Uh, And we are acutely aware of the threat environment that we work in. Uh, So I commend her for her actions. And we'll see how the litigation uh, inevitably plays out in the state of Maine.
5: She calls her courageous governor. This woman, not even a lawyer, made a legal decision to pull Trump off the ballot unilaterally. And another knucklehead from another state that can't stand Trump with Trump derangement syndrome calls her courageous. Your thoughts?
0: Well, that interview I just watched you play scares me a little bit. Just watching her talk, uh, she seems so disconnected from even what reality is. So, listen, these two secretaries of state, what they've decided is that they are judge and jury and that we don't need a criminal justice system in the United States anymore. We don't need law and order and we don't need a constitution. They can just decide on what their definition of Insurrection is and, and their definition of how someone participates in it or talks about it or even discusses it. So, you know, if, if their reality were allowed to move forward, the United States of America would cease to exist. So it is incredibly important uh, that these two women are, are proven wrong, uh, that the Supreme Court steps in and gives us guidance on what truly the scales of justice mean in this situation, and we allow to. The opportunity to protect the integrity of our elections. Uh, you know, yeah. we are going to be electing the leader of the free world.
1: That is South Dakota Governor Kristi Noem on the balance last night with Eric Bowling. Kristi doesn't really like to talk about it, as you may know from past segments that I've featured, if you've been listening, if you've been paying attention. But many people believe she is high up on Donald Trump's list of potential running mates. Trump's appeal on Tuesday argued that the main secretary of state abused her discretion and relied on, quote, untrustworthy evidence. The ruling, by the way, is on hold pending the outcome of the appeal. Again, Donald Trump has not been convicted of inciting an insurrection or even charged with insurrection at this point. Let's go to Sean Kreisman on National reporter who spoke with Drew McKissick, chair of the South Carolina Republican Party about an attempt to keep Trump off the ballot in that state.
6: The lawsuits we're talking about barring Trump from the ballot revolve around the argument he violated Section 3 of the 14th Amendment, the insurrection clause. Um, so the plaintiff in the one in South Carolina in this lawsuit, a man named John Castro, long independent presidential candidate, by the way, alleging in the lawsuit, quote, on January 6th, 2021, after witnessing a large group of Trump supporters violently attacking the United States Capitol to prevent the lawful certification of the 2020 election results, defendant Donald John Trump provided the insurrectionists with comfort in the form of words of sympathy, unquote. Again, just a, a, a pull from the lawsuit. Do you have a response to Castro's argument and how strong that is or is not?
4: Well, we have, we have responded uh, vigorously in court. And I'll point out, by the way, uh, this is a gentleman who filed to run as a Republican in our primary. Uh, he was one of uh, 10 people uh, who filed certification for filing forms in South Carolina actually sent us a fee, a filing fee, uh, which turned out to be a bad check. Uh, So let's just point that out for the record here. He did try to file as a Republican in South Carolina. He tried to pay his filing fee with a bad check. The check bounced. So obviously we did not put him on our ballot. Um, so, you know, I I don't know what he is. he an independent Democrat, a fake Republican, whatever he may be. Point is, he is trying to frustrate the will of voters in South Carolina, and we've been able to stop that here in South Carolina.
2: And apparently, got to get his finances in check in the new year. (laughs) Uh
4: Right, needs to balance his checkbook. That's the
1: chairman of the South Carolina Republican Party, Drew McKissick, on National Report, which begins at 9 a.m. Eastern on Newsmax, right after Wake Up America. The Palmetto State. I've always felt like that name doesn't do the beautiful state of South Carolina justice. But this is why this is so dangerous, all right? Well, one of the many reasons why this is so dangerous. An activist in Pennsylvania has now asked the court to bar a congressman from re-election because of his perceived actions on January 6th. The lawsuit asks Pennsylvania's Commonwealth Court to declare Republican Scott Perry engaged in insurrectionist activity and cannot hold public office under the Constitution's Insurrection Clause. Perry is expected to run for re-election, however candidates in Pennsylvania cannot file paperwork yet to qualify for Pennsylvania's April 27th primary ballot. Congressman Perry, as far as I know, has not been charged or convicted of insurrection at this point either. And mark your calendars for next Wednesday. That's when Florida Governor Ron DeSantis and former U.N. Ambassador and South Carolina Governor Nikki Haley are set to appear at another Republican presidential debate. This one on CNN. At the same time, former President Trump will be participating in a Fox News town hall event. Gee, I wonder who will win that. Both events happening in Iowa five days before the state caucus gets going. And Robert F. Kennedy Jr. has qualified for the presidential ballot in Utah. Utah becomes the first state now granting him access. And a new USA Today Suffolk University poll shows former President Trump now leading Biden by 3%. In overall support across the board, when it comes to Hispanic voters, Trump earned 39% compared to Biden's 34%. And Trump now leads among voters under 35 years of age as well 37% support compared to Biden's 33% support. As for black voters, support for President Biden has decreased nearly 25% since the 2020 election. And another big story, Harvard University's President Claudine Gay has finally resigned, but she will get to keep nearly $900,000 of her salary. To last night's edition of Greg Kelly Reports, we go. All
6: right, now this.
5: Wokeism makes you lose, ruins your mind, and ruins you as a person. You become warped, you become demented.
6: Totally. (laughs) He totally called it. You become warped. You become demented. You try to justify anti-Semitism on your campus. And some people even make a totally unqualified person the president of Harvard University.
3: Dr. Gay, at Harvard, does calling for the genocide of Jews violate Harvard's rules of bullying and harassment, yes or no? It can be, depending on the context.
6: It was kind of a miracle that she wasn't fired the very next day, like her friend at the University of Pennsylvania, who gave the same answer about hate speech and was fired immediately. Meanwhile, Claudine Gay, the president of Harvard, she held on and it was believed she was going to survive it because, quite frankly, being anti-Semitism, anti-Semitic. Well, that's kind of a thing on campus. Uh, That's no problem. But turned out she was a copycat. Uh, A big-time plagiarist, and this is like, she was copying everything. Take a look. Even the easy part. This is the dedication, dedicates the paper to some guy named Gary, the methodologist. The importance of getting the data right and following where they lead without fear or favor. Thank you, Gary. Well, she got that apparently from this person who wrote the exact same thing about the importance of getting data right and of following where they lead without fear or favor. Um, And the easy part, she was copying, in addition to the hard part. This is what happens when you go woke, right? Nobody cares anymore in the real world what you look like, what your gender is. But in the woke, weirdo world of academia, corporate America and beyond, it's a thing.
0: As a woman of color, as a daughter of immigrants, if my presence in this role affirms someone's sense of belonging at Harvard, that is a great honor.
6: All right, I don't think that could affirm, I don't know. You know, the, I looked it up. I didn't know who the university president was when I went to college, but guess what? He turned out to be a white guy. I did not feel any connection to him whatsoever, nor was I supposed to. He was doing his thing. I was doing my thing. But appointing a person that you think, well, looks a certain way and uh, that certain gender will get you some points really does, like President Trump said, make you a bit demented. And it gives you a false sense of power that, well, if you look a certain way and you sound a certain way and you're a certain gender, then you are immune from criticism, immune from attack.
1: That is Greg Kelly, host of Greg Kelly Reports, weeknights at 9 o'clock Eastern on Newsmax. Must watch Newsmax programming. You can also read more about that Harvard story, by the way, at Newsmax.com. And after a terrible start to the new year on Wall Street yesterday, markets opening deep in the red again today. Now they're saying, now they're saying that hopes of the Fed actually cutting rates instead of just holding them steady may have been a little too ambitious. Stocks sink as rate cut bets cool off. That's the actual headline. All right, be sure to keep up with all the news all day every day on NewsMax, available on most major cable systems, as you know, like Comcast, Cox Cable, Xfinity, Fio Spectrum, AT&T, and many others, and be sure to get signed up for the new NewsMax Plus. Simply go to newsmaxplus.com, sign up for a free trial. That's newsmax plus.com. It includes all your favorites, like The Balance with Eric Bowling, Rob Schmidt Tonight, Greg Kelly Reports, Carl Higby on Frontline, Bianca De La Garza on Newsline, and great analysis from people like Governor Mike Huckabee, former Senator Rick Santorum, Alan Dershowitz, Carrie Lake, and many others. I'm Tony Marino. Thank you, as always, for listening to the Newsmax Daily. Please share it with your friends and family. And please drop. A comment, question, or salutation at radio underscore Marino. Enjoy the rest of your Wednesday and keep on fighting the good fight. News breaks every minute, every day. You need the app, the Newsmax app. Find it free on your smartphone store. Then watch us anytime, anywhere.